Welcome everyone to another episode of Kiwi Talks. I'm honored to have my guest in the studio all the way from Christchurch. My man, King Cass. How you doing, bro? Yeah, what's up, brother? What's up, Fano? What's up, it's Iwi? Nah, good, brother. Good. Good, good to be here, bro. Blessed as best. Yeah. Good flight. Yeah, no, no, actually we got delayed. So it was two hours delayed for some icy fog over here in Auckland. So heading on in. It was a bit of a bumpy ride in, but nah, pretty good otherwise. So sort of got that nervousness out of the way from the flight so I can get through this stuff, eh, brother? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the main thing, eh? It's about mm. an hour flight, isn't it? Hour flight from Christchurch to Auckland Airport? An hour and a half, I think, eh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It doesn't take long to fly no. anywhere in New Zealand, crazy, which, is good, eh? which is good. I mean, like, you know, when you're taking off, you're like, whoa, you're actually going quite fast, but it doesn't feel like when you're in the air, you're going that fast. Yeah, know? yeah. I think the only places I, I don't like to fly or land particularly is Wellington because of the wind and stuff. So Yeah, you can really feel it as yeah. <laughs> when you're coming in. Yeah. You're like, well, hope that guy knows how to handle that cockpit. <laughs> I think they train a lot of pilots to fly there because yeah, of that reason. Yeah. So they'll be like the main guys that are on that schedule, eh? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, before we get into the hip-hop stuff, obviously we've got to talk about your story because it's, it's a very touching story and mm. I think it can help a lot of people, particularly in New Zealand during this time. Uh, so you were diagnosed with ADHD at seven, is that right? Uh, age six, brother, yes. Six, yep. okay, I was close, okay. Yep. And, um, and how much of that do you remember from that, that time? Pretty much like what it was like to go through the diagnosis. Right. So like, imagine being what, are they, what do they do? So they pretty much, so okay, imagine being a six-year-old boy and your parents telling you that you're going to go to this place yep. and that they're just going to check up on your behavior and just don't play up. That's pretty much what I was told. Don't play up and don't put on the act because we're going to get you a medication review or something. So when I went in there, of course I'm going to play up. I'm a six-year-old boy. I've been told not to play up already. So first of all, I'm going to rebel, you know? <laughs> so I get in there, I start fidgeting, I start playing up, I start being hyperactive the label, you know, yeah, and yeah. then pretty much they do their paperwork and then says, yep, he's got ADHD. Next minute I was um, prescribed Ritalin. I went through probably three different medications, um, medication reviews, that one that I put up on Facebook that I was in an acute ward at the age of 13 through to for the four weeks that I was there. And like I told you, I was in a padded cell when I was naughty. We were schooled. We had restrictions to food. And like just to know that that was a medical review, bro, that was a place where they did a medication review. So, And my mum came in underneath that comment and says, you know, she wished that she'd never done that because they used to tell my parents to take me off the medication on weekends and to take me off the medication on my school holidays and they were obviously just taking notes because they didn't know what they were up to well this is just my theory they didn't know what they were up to they were just using us in the 90s sorry yeah in the 90s as kind of like guinea pigs to work out what was actually happening in that system because they had no mm. idea eh, bro they were just testing out this drug and you know the whole pharmaceutical theory is around money the whole root of all evil way eh? um but was there do you, do you remember any side effects or anything from taking oh. any type of drugs oh absolutely like brother so instant takeaway of um appetite like it's hard to talk about this stuff like it's like i'm feeling these feelings now bro i'm feeling right. that sick in my stomach right now talking about all this bro. Okay. it's taking me back and that's because when we go back into a traumatic moment we actually feel those things especially when you are quite an empathic person so for me bro yeah i'm sitting there and saying that for me it was the feelings of yeah i there was no appetite um you know there was no appetite there at all brother so yeah so the, the no appetite um not being able to sleep and then my parents just saying that when i took that medication it was almost like i was a silenced boy within mm. seconds you know and in that documentary on seven sharp they say it you know like at the age two i turned into that devil overnight but when they gave me that medication i was that quiet little boy in the corner yeah have you met other people who have been through a similar thing? Yes, and also by sharing these vulnerable posts and putting out my story, people are coming to me daily, weekly, and telling me, bro, I'm going through this, what do I do? And I'm just like, believe in you. Like These people have created these labels. And I'm just going to say, I actually had a review lady ring me up about two years ago. Yep. And this is what she said to me. She was like, oh, hey, Hunter Wilson, we just wanted to ring up and do your um, adult review for for ADHD, wondering if you'd want to come in and get the review done. I'm just like, no, nah, I don't want to. It's like Literally, I said, no, I don't want to. Mm. And she says, what? And I says, no, I don't. I've actually found the cure. And she was, <laughs> I told this lady on the phone, I found the cure, and she was really interested to hear it. What is the cure? And I just said to her, believe in yourself. Believe in yourself and don't believe that there's a label on you no more and just keep being who you are and you will believe. And the lady had nothing to say, but oh, well, all the best in life, Mr. Wilson. And that was what she said to me. A lady who was ringing up to do a medical review on something that they diagnosed me at the age six of, they just said nothing when I was an adult. Do you, do you see the twistedness in this? Like, yeah. I don't know why we're talking about this topic, but we've got to get something out there. Whoever's listening, 
you know. I reckon there's a Pandora box sitting in, in, the, in the hospital where I did that, you know, where I did that acute ward. All my history, all my knowledge, all the stuff that I had tests done on and all that. But do I want to open that? No, I just want to carry on and live my life and actually acknowledge that trauma, get through it and keep pushing through, bro, and keep pushing through and still kelping it in the, in the hip-hop industry. You've seen mm. it, bro. You've seen me yeah. getting dissed, diss tracks about me, people hating me, saying I'm using this and that to get a hold of charities, to try to get a hold of my music to get ahead. Sorry, using charities to try to get ahead in my music career. Like, you've seen it, bro. You've seen it all. And Well, it's, the hip-hop scene is very, very negative, I find here. That's yeah. part of the reason why I kind of wanted to get out of it because there's a bit of tall poppy syndrome, I feel, and everybody's, like, hitting each other and shitting on each other to try and take that top spot, you know? Um, bro, there's no top spot there, cuz. There's no pie. Do you know what the pie is? Humble pie. <laughs> Eat it. Because there is no pie out there. We're chasing some imaginary pie. I believe the pies become humble. Create your own movement and the people will come. Have real followers, people that comment and come and talk to you daily and actually get things through. Like today, I went and had breakfast with one of my fans So this morning, her, her son. This lady has never, ever liked hip-hop in her life, bro. And she thought she'd give it a try when she seen King Cass because I was and recovery mm. so she thought oh, i'm gonna give this a listen now she doesn't stop listening to king cast music she's given other hip-hop artists the, the chance and her son now listens to king cast every day knows my words and he's only a five-year-old boy and so bro that's why wouldn't there be some sort of recognition respect for that that i'm actually converting people that don't even like hip-hop to come to our culture mm. yeah but it's not all about that isn't it it's uh <laughs> it's all about self-image and how i can improve myself or how my brand can get get out there and I mean bro all day I'm going to build my empire as high as it can get I want to go around the world I want to do a world tour I want to do all that stuff and why can't I why can't I put my foot in those places to do that sort of stuff or just have that belief within me aim sky high hmm. to see where I'm going to end up and if anyone's going to sit there and doubt me and give their opinions in they're not going to direct my spaceship to anywhere else but to where it's meant to go bro you know the spaceship and my yeah, sphere yeah, yeah. So, so it's so about using that story into who I am today as well so how do you so how do you get to that point where you believe in yourself? Like what was there a divine kind of revelation or was this a gradual thing that happened with you believing in yourself to be able to get past these things? So I started to believe in myself when I came out of that psychosis, right? Right. Because I challenged everything and I found all the layers and I started to see all the disgusting stuff that was happening in our world and it was all freaking me out and I went into like a dark night of the soul sort of thing and I had this big awakening and we'll talk more about that in my story with the psychosis. Yeah. But um, yeah, like for me, the way that I found self-belief was, and the way I did it was literally tell myself, bro, self-talk mm. is so important. I look in that mirror, man, and I go like this, go, oh, you got it, this my boy. And I literally look at myself in that mirror and say, oh, and I tell myself where I'm going and within about a month, something happens to align with that. You can manifest your own power through yourself. Self-belief, self-talk, tell yourself you're beautiful, tell yourself you're wonderful, courageous, that you're here to make change. We were put on this earth to heal, to share knowledge, and to give gifts and why can't we be here to do this and that's what I'm just doing I'm just choosing the tools of music I like how you said that today too because it gave me that <laughs> sorry just looking off to the left to someone because they gave me that awakening today that yeah. we were put on this earth to do that to share our knowledge to build together to share the gifts to heal and that's to teach and mm. that's simply what I'm doing with my movement and that's all I'm going to keep doing is teach, teach, teach it ain't about preaching it's not a religious thing it's about teaching mm. Mm. Interesting stuff. Thanks, bro. So with the, because um, I know you got into meth and stuff in your early 20s. Nah, so I was, so I'm 33 now. So I was in meth-induced psychosis only within three and a half, four years ago. So pretty right. much straight out of meth-induced psychosis to, into this career, bro, into doing what I'm doing. So how, how did you get to the point where you uh, dabbled in that stuff? Because so, I've, I've, I've never done any drugs. I've had a lot of opportunities to do it, but I've not done it. But I'm always curious as to what draws someone to, into those sort of things or uh, to in, into that substance. A loss of self-identity. Right. A, a loss of self-belonging. But did somebody approach you and be like, hey, do you want to try this? Or was it peer yes, pressure yes, yes. or curiosity? Yes, yes, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I used to sit there in the circles and go, I'm never going to touch that stuff, as you've seen in that documentary. And one yeah. day that devil got me because I tried it. And the day I tried it, I was hooked. Yeah. And I kept smoking and kept smoking and kept smoking until I was chasing spaceships, until I got arrested out at the Burnham military camp in Christchurch, taking this code out there, 3.14, which is actually a sacred code. It's actually the circumference of our world and of the pyramids all aligning. I took that code out and says, I've got the code that unlocks the secret spaceship underneath here. And I was, I was 
going out to the port in Littleton. I went out to the airport and did the same thing. Went to priests and churches and told them that I could flip the church and I had all the scriptures. And bro, I challenged so much things in psychosis. Four months journey in psychosis. Easy. I reckon it was. And like some of the stuff that I was doing, bro, it's out of this world. Like you hear in that bar, I'm out of this world more than Mars, bro. Like, I mean, the stuff that I went through every time, it was to take my own life. But mm. I had logic there, bro. Logic. Huh? He's an artist too. And he's yeah. one, of my, one of my inspirations. I had logic there. Not the artist. I had logic there to go, well, if I do jump, I'm probably going to die. But there is kind of maybe, you know, some chance that I could hit a light and restart the world and it might pick me up in a spaceship and save me. But oh, I still had logic to save my life, bro. And I'm talking multiple times I could have killed myself in psychosis. Letting that drug push me and push me and take me to a place where... Bro, I don't think anyone's been. And I think I've got the blockbuster movie, bro. If anyone wants to take the story and make a movie of it or a short series doco or something, bro, I mean, it's going to help people, bro. It'll help people. So how, in regards to your circle, the people around you, they must have seen this dramatic change in you during that time. Yeah, definitely. Were they trying to give you, you know, um, help? Were they trying to guide you? Or, or like when you're in that state, are you just like, nah, to everyone? I was God. I was the Messiah. I'd, oh, I'd, Kanye, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. But, but I had, <laughs> but I had people feeding the beast, saying yeah. to me, "Bro, you're the man. G, you're onto something, bro. There might be a mountain of gold up in the Port Hills, bro." And I'd, oh. and I'd and I'd go up there and dig. I'd literally go up to the Port Hills, dig into the rocks, and because I was perceiving and creating, I was seeing the gold in my eyes. I was seeing gold. I've been up there and seen a mountain full of gold. And that was just because of what I was going through in psychosis or whatever was happening through my journey then. Um, so I ended up at a place called Cass Peak. My name was King Cass after I went to this place called Cass Peak. Now, Cass Peak is actually the soccer ball. And I went up there thinking that the soccer ball was a spaceship and I had to unlock this place to get into the soccer ball and I was going to fly off and go and back to the pyramids and do some work at the pyramids and save the world. Bro, this is what meth did to me. It put me on a psychosis, but I wanted to help people. I wanted to save the world in this psychosis. I didn't want to do bad things, but the... The darkness was leading me into paths where I could have killed myself many a times, jumping in front of trains, jumping in front of trucks. It was telling me, that dark thought was always telling me to try and kill myself, bro. It was hard. And I mean, I got here and I'm here today to tell that story to you, bro. And I'm going to tell that strongly and I'm not going to stop telling that story. And I don't care if anyone says it's fake because how can I sit here and say all this and be made up? Yeah. So you must see a lot of people that are going through similar struggles. Yeah, yeah, brother, and they relate to it. They relate to the spaceship thing. They're like, bro, finally, somebody. And they listen to my music, and they're like, I get healing from it every day because I'm going through that right now, and I'm still learning to suffer from the trauma and how to deal with it, and my music is healing, bro. Like, you know, mm. I know for a fact, I know for a fact, it's like I'm going to, you know, like have testimonies of people soon telling about what my music has done for them, and I've actually got some docos coming out, and I'm going to work with some people because I believe their story needs to be heard, and, you know, just to ignite the movement a bit more to say you know this is what we've actually done within these people and awaken and look at them doing look what they're doing now to inspire change in other people to inspire that passion the purpose and the potential to come out in people that's all i'm trying to do brother because mm. you know how mental health is a very very big problem in new zealand yes massive mm. it's competition you... as well <laughs> yeah well it is and it's a very complex thing to solve um and I mean, I've been through times where I've been depressed, suicidal as such, um, and I've managed to get out of it. Hip hop was one of the ways that I kind of emerged out of it. You know, writing, songwriting. Was that yeah. the same for you? Well, because the crazy thoughts. And it was my mum. So my, my mum saved my life because you know the story. I saved my mum twice from two yeah. suicide attempts. Right. So that's why I do the suicide awareness stuff as well mm -hmm. is because I saved my mum from two suicide attempts and then later on in life when I was younger I tried to take my own life through relationship breakups and traumatic stuff and then again through that psychosis and you know to the last point where I challenged the moon bro and I did a hucker to the moon I did a mouldy hucker to the moon and I do this in my presentation I've got a full presentation behind me and it's got a powerpoint and I do a hucker on stage and I act and I, and I rap I'm not just a musician I've actually got a full on testimony a platform a presentation to to bring to the world and to to awaken the people to let them find that passion purpose and potential within themselves so that they can go and inspire other people to find that it's just that same ripple effect i'm trying to create brother you know what i'm saying yeah yeah mm. and mental health is a tall poppy syndrome thing too because there's a lot of funding and there's a few people at the top that all want to take the funding and there's people like myself at the grassroots levels it's very hard to even get a piece of that but we're out here and we're not going to stop and we're going to do it from the bones of our ass until we get there you know have you have you spoken to any local politicians in christchurch or any 
politicians who have the ability to influence, I suppose, where funding is? No, until you just mentioned it, my brother. Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> meet the right people at the right times oh. and they plant the right seeds, brother, and that will grow. Like, I will take, thank you for sharing that. Like, you know, because I'm so busy out here, I don't get to take those, those things do come, but I mean, you know, don't action them. So again, yeah, nah, that is something that I could look into, actually. Yeah, you know? well, because, I mean, I'd imagine crossing paths with those type of people would be quite rare. I mean, I went to uh, a national campaign event last week. I've never even been to one of these political campaign events and I was like, oh, I got invited along, so I decided I'd go because I'm like, oh, I've never been to one of these things. And it was actually eye-opening in terms of how tribal politics is and how people, they just, some of them are just completely disconnected from reality in terms of what other people go through. I think, and you probably will agree with this, but in this particular age, like with social media and everything, people get in their little bubbles, their echo chambers. And so they can't understand. They'd look at someone, you know, who's going through some traumatic uh, problem and they and they don't understand why they're going through it. They can't relate. They don't even want to help them. Just like, oh, no you stay there and I'll stay here sort of thing. Mm, and then they even start to say things like, oh, why are you bringing those sorts of topics up? And then try and find, to find that fault in with whatever light you're trying to put out, eh? Yeah, yeah. And that's totally. always going to happen, brother. And that's what we have to do as light workers. We have to discern these sorts of people coming in and throwing their opinions and their theories back at us and being like, you know, hold up, is there any truth in what they're saying? No, I'll just dump it and keep moving on with my yeah. thing. And as a hip hop artist, there's that little bit of ego I've got to have, bro. You know, I brought, oh, brought, brought a little bit of ego in these bars today for us but yeah, yeah. you know and I thought you know but like you know hey talking back about that um that that believing in yourself and that self-talk I had to have an ego death so I had to bring my ego right down I pretty much had to kill that ego right off and pretty much go so humble within myself and that taught a lot about myself next minute I was studying youth work I'm now doing a youth work I, I'll graduate in November for a certificate in um, youth development hmm. Bro, it's developed me it hasn't only developed like what I'm going to do but it's developed me because I've been learning about these youth that I was that little boy, that lost little hunter. I've been healing him through doing this course. Does that make sense to you? So I've been and doing healing this, yourself yeah, at the same yeah, time. doing this youth development course, but I've been developing the little youth within me as well. That yeah. little hunter that was lost, that didn't have that self-identity. And my identity today is King Cass. Hmm. It's my persona that I go to to get out of all that bullshit, to get out of reality, bro, you know? It's, yeah. And I think it's the same as any artist out there. We have that persona to be able to go to. Oh, totally. I agree. And we have to I balance very, it too. I was yeah. very much the same. So how do you stay positive? What are the things you do to stay positive? Because I can tell you, I, I take breaks often from Facebook and social media because it's just so negative, so much bullshit, everyone criticizing each other. It's just, you know, everyone posting their problems 24-7, you know. And I think when you're constantly absorbing that, a part of you subconsciously doesn't realize that, you know, you're you're feeding it. It's mm. seeping into you. Well, words, words have energy. So when you're reading something, it's going stab, stab, stab. You're reading those words and those energies are coming through you. If they're defective, negative or positive, it's how you're going to feel it. Eh? Mm. If you're reading it, it's how you're going to perceive it. That person might not have even tried to put it out like that, but you've received it like that. Same in how we talk on the phone. It's never it's never taken rightly unless it's face-to-face, kanohi te kanohi, you know? Mm. And I think that's where it's at, bro, is coming to that place of it's actually okay to talk about this stuff um, oh yeah you know, and and it's okay not to be okay and that's the first step once you acknowledge those sorts of things then you can come to bigger words like nothing changes if nothing changes so how do you make change you just got to make some change <laughs> it's change changes itself so you just got to keep putting in that change and to be positive i found killing it with kindness so if someone sends something negative find a way to flip that if you see something negative here try and find a positive in it it's so hard bro like <laughs> yeah, i'm battling it imagine. all the time i'm battling it every day but i find the positive in it and the positive leads to a blessing yeah. The negative leads to a curse. Does that make kind of sense? Yeah. If you stick with that negative and you keep feeding it, then you'll see the next 12 people come in and they'll bang, bandwagon. You've got your light workers supporting you and your, the haters, we'll call them, hammering you. But if you don't even feed that one hater, he just fluts off. And then the positive ones are there and you focus on all that light and then more people will come in and just start giving light because you're focusing on it. Perception, law of attraction, manifestation. It's all being created as we are moving, as we're listening, as we're taking everything in. And one 
one thing that I learned on that course is whakarongo. Now, whakarongo is listening, but what is really whakarongo is deep listening, listening to what's going on around you. Like, you've learned something from me today. I've learned something from you today, too. That's ako. We've shared that knowledge together. We're sharing the gifts. It's naturally just happening. That's what should be happening with everybody. Yeah. So how do you get to that state, though? It just happened. It just happened because was we it like an instantaneous? Well, I meet, I meet, I met you. We connected. We've made that song a while ago, which had yeah. one of my probably one of my darkest verses in it ever. Well, you, no one will hear that. now. No one will ever hear that, <laughs> you know. But it's about having that connection, catching up with you, and coming in here. Me creating a safe space because I've opened myself up vulnerably. It's given you a chance to go. Well, actually, I feel this way about mental health, and you've naturally just done it. So it's creating that safe space to have these sorts of conversations with people by just having conversations with people. It's called talanoa about sitting around in a group and talking about one thing and having your opinions about it not even judging just accepting their opinion so how do you because mental health is an <laughs> ongoing thing right so how do you uh, become self-aware that you're moving because you know sometimes you're not even aware that you're in that state a mm-hmm. dark place mm-hmm. I mean I've I myself it's taken me a while to kind of realize I'm uh, I'm going there I need to get out of this. Mm, I can feel it, bro. Oh, you can feel yeah, it. So, so, so you are aware of it. Yeah, when stomach you, when sinks. Stomach sinks. Backs of my knees get sweaty. Hands start to sweat if I feel something that's a bit anxious and things like that. Anxiety's okay. fine. Because right. anxiety's, I want to move. I've got something I've got to do, but I'm anxious. What do I got to do? We're freaking out. That's all the anxiety is. Depression's just a thing of, oh, I'm feeling like I can't do this. I'm feeling trapped. Manifestation, start to get trapped. perception creates the trap and then you're in the trap so break yourself out of the trap by changing the perception I'm living in a paradise I'm living in a great place yes there's some real dark stuff happening in this world people are being murdered kids are being trafficked it's all nasty but it's not happening to me now and just have to just be like this is my world and it's not happening here and you kind of have to take those layers off and accept the dark stuff that's happening when you start accepting it it doesn't come are you introverted or extroverted? Uh, what does that mean, brother? So introverted means you keep more to yourself. You can you stay in your own company more. You uh, whereas extroverted, you like meeting people. You more you get your energy more from people. I think I am, but then again, I need. Or are to, you a bit of both? I like to seven out. So I'm a, I'm a life path seven, and life path seven, we like to sit within our own skin and have quiet time. Right. So I need that, and that's just regrounding. So after this, like on the way back to Auckland before the show, I'm just going to be chilling in my own skin, thinking positive thoughts about the show, seeing myself on stage, hearing my songs, and just putting myself in a place where I'm going to be, rather than going, where am I going next, and not knowing. Just put yourself in a place that you actually know where you're going. You're directing this vehicle, and ain't nobody else in the smart car it's like a smart car you've got only like a few people in it your small circle taking you to where you've got to go and it's okay to take other people's opinions and their um, advice but you don't have to actually run with it you can just take it accept it and carry on doing what you're doing the reason why I ask about the introvert extrovert Mm -hmm. thing is how did you cope with the whole lockdown bro Crazy. I've, me and my partner had a breakout. I mean, you know, I'm now single because of like just couldn't get my mind into the right place. Like, yeah, it was really hard. I, yeah, I, I had my daughter for the whole breakup as well. So I, fi- I, um, I figured out that, um, you know, how I was as a father and I really learned some stuff about myself as a father as well. So it's, <laughs> it's been learning. And I really think that the lockdown was meant to happen because 2020 is a year of change. Oh, well, it's definitely a year of change. Some people can adapt to it and some people can't. Mm, you're it's right, like, brother. I often reference uh, Kodak. Remember how they used to be like the leading leading company in terms of um, photography? Yeah, cameras? yeah, yeah, the yeah. Kodak moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd and even put it in a bar. <laughs> and they're obsolete now because they didn't adapt to the times. They refused to change. And there's people out there who find it very difficult to adapt mm. uh, to you know whatever is happening. I mean, we're very blessed at the moment. Obviously, a lot of countries are going through things a lot uh, worse than us. Um, so it's good that like it comes back to the whole spinning a negative into a positive thing because it sounds like you've you've told yourself this is a learning experience. I've learned more about myself. Um, you've become a better father as a result of it. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Are you have you spoken to people like people within your inner circle and local people within Christchurch? With the um, because Christchurch to me, I mean, you guys have been through hell of a lot there. I mean, obviously there's been the earthquakes. There was the Port Hills fire, obviously the massacre, mm. um, wow. and you were there during all of it. Yeah, so what was what was the vibe like, and what does the vibe continue to be like there? Because I know I went there last year, and there's still rebuilding going on um, after the uh, 
from, well, from the from the earthquakes and stuff. I mean, I don't want to say the wrong thing, but from what I see is it takes something bad to happen for us to unite. Well, that is true, though. Yeah, I know, mean, but and how, if people are, and if people yeah, are let's just, say that's a worldwide thing, okay? okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I will say that proudly, that, you know, it takes something bad for us to unite. It takes for that BL, BLM, Black Lives Matter, for all that, for people to unite, to start having a say. So it takes something big that gets put onto the news and put into media for everybody to start talking about it. Right. That's why mental health is slowly being put into the media and people will start talking about it. It's about yeah. just getting these topics into these portals that have massive pushes in them, the media, the yeah. news, and, and and giving them an awakening too, like, whoa, I got to do a story about this guy who had this story, who went through this and that, and they start to feel better about themselves because they have now blessed that journey more by giving you that exposure to share that message. How many people have you just healed by spending what a million dollars on one advert? You've how many, you know, and that's what it's coming down to now. What are they actually investing their money into? What is the news investing into? When's it going to change? Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough, bro. Fair enough. But do you, um, I mean, because I've, did you ever go see a therapist or anything at any point? Oh, yeah, heaps, brother. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. All the time. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I went and saw one about a month ago, first time, and it took me a long time to reach a point where I was willing to do that because the male ego thing mm -hmm. you know like oh nah because i don't want to look soft i don't want to look weak um weak with when uh as regards to males you know because mm -hmm. males have that no nah, i need to be strong sort of thing and the perception of it being weak um but do you do you have chats with other males who go through that problem yeah absolutely there's yeah. a whole lot of us out there <laughs> yeah there is and we're vulnerable as and we share our stuff on facebook and that's what's creating the movement that's the, the vulnerability and the humility is the stuff that's creating the movement because mm. people were coming and being like oh this is real i can relate i feel good here it's safe it's manakitanga manakitanga creating that safe space that's all the king cast movement is bro it's creating a safe space for people to find their passions potentials and purposes i like to use those three p's yeah, yeah. you know i was addicted to p so why not take those p's into this life passion purpose and potential you know so and like you know that mental health thing like it's really cool that we're talking about this because um you know it's not like a karanga but a karanga is a call a widow is a challenge but i'm like putting it out there King Cass Movement's keen to collaborate with any movement. Yeah. I'm keen to come and do my presentation. I'm anti-bullying advocate. I'm the um, anti-suicide advocate. I'm also the anti-P ambassador, worldwide director of the music for anti-P ministry. You know, I'm coming with these titles now. Not no ADHD little shit. That ain't yeah. my title no more, bro. I've got these new titles. New Zealand hip-hop artists as well, you know? And it's beautiful to carry these titles, you know? Because you're deep in with a lot of these people who have that influence. Because mm. you know how we have a massive... Uh, suicide uh, problem within the youth. Yes. Um, bullying is another thing. Um, and I sit back sometimes and I'm like, why? What, what, what causes this? We have a massive alcohol problem as well uh, compared to a lot of countries. I mean, you're, you're more on the ground. You see more of it than I do. What, what do you think is the reason for that? It all starts with the family, bro. Yeah? Family walking alongside family. Fano, Afiing, Fano. That's all it is, bro, is doing it from the grassroots level like what I'm doing, coming down, not sitting at your pedestal, coming down to the people's level and just watching whakorongo, deep listening around your community, seeing what needs doing and just sitting back and embracing it all. So when the funding is there, you know exactly what to implement, what your programs look like. I've got, I've got visions to build retreats and stuff, but these are youth retreats for troubled youth that come out of, you know, adolescence jails to be able to come to these retreats that have music, sports, phys ed, bro. These are my visions, you know, no one steal my visions. <laughs> but, you know, I just want to share them because there might be someone out there that might go, boom, I want to do that too. And they might come and grab me and we'll do this together that's all it takes is one person out there how do you think all these big retreats and all these big places come it's not pocket money it's funding it's mm. what builds these things and the government will help run these things and these things can benefit our children that are coming out of these youth prisons so that they don't become a product to the system and end up in the prisons where the adults are where their life's stuffed then they become gang members because they were already built for it because of the life that they've seen from the experimental the lived experiences and what they've been through bro and it's all from the whanau Starts at home, start talking at the table about suicide with your kids, ask your kid how his day is. And if one of your children comes up to you and says to you, I've got something going on, don't sit there and say you want a cup of concrete or bro, go and harden up. Or that kid took courage to come and say that to you. So you give that kid your heart and listen to him. Bro. It's important. I'm so um, 
passionate about the youth, bro. It's it's why I'm here. I'm here because I've got to leave this gift, leave this knowledge, weave my music into the history for the next kids to come along and do it, bro. Because no one else was going to do it, or there are people out there, and I'm yet to meet them. Do you That's do uh, passionate, bro? Do you do uh, like teachings and or give like speeches at schools? That's well, let's go. I'm ready. I'm yeah. ready to go. I've done so. I haven't done any schools, but I've done youth prisons and I've done work and income offices. Oh, it's all clicking now, bro. These are all places I could go and approach for funding now. You know, I mean, sorry, this is all online, but I mean, it's all clicking for me. You know, I've been putting these seeds in places that are already there for me to go back and like or use them as box tickers to actually get my movement into the schools. And I'm looking to because I'm with the anti P ministry, Lash Go, anti P ministry, um, massive things, charitable trust. Now we just got a tour bus we're going to be doing walk-ins all around New Zealand there's going to be bail houses which are people that come out of jail to get bail we'll be going into these anti-P ministry bail houses getting help with them and it's working from the whanos again because the whanos will be coming in to support these people again not leaving them out and going you know he's a meth head and stay away from him he's a meth head wanting to make some change let's help him let's bring him in let's bring the whanau around him and support him whanau's walking alongside whanau's bro it's important that's where it starts well in terms of the details because I would imagine with some of these people, it's generational, right? This generational, is something yep. that's carried on from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. So it's very, very hard for them to break out of that cycle, particularly if that's their world, that's all they know. I mean, I've had quite a few uh, rappers and other uh, people from you know South Auckland and such. And um, one of the guys, Anonymous, he said that your life is one big vision board. So if that's all you see, then it's you don't know anything mm-hmm. else, right? You don't know what you don't know. So how do you expose these people and show them, hey, there's another way, there's another walk of life? Like, I'd imagine you you speak to a lot of people yeah, well, and, actually, they, and they feel they are trapped in that world and actually, they can't break free. It's actually a youth developmental practice and it's called broadening horizons. That's all it is. Just yeah. broaden the horizon. Go outside the comfort zone and look for more. Explore. Let the kid explore that side of the whānau that you may not get on with. Mm. Hey, so say for example, there's a Fano over here and this Fano here. Explore that Fano. Explore to that side of things because that might impact that child's life later on, so that he doesn't now pick up drugs or alcohol to deal with that stuff that he didn't get to deal with when he was little. Yeah, bang. That's the stuff that ADHD and Ritland did to me. It stopped me dealing with all that stuff. It suppressed it all, and then I had to deal with it all at the age thirty. When I, you know, and again because the methamphetamine had the phetamine in it, I was self-medicating. Just another way of self-medicating to get through that trauma, to get through that void, to fill that hole. Because I think that's a big problem with society today is we are taught, almost indoctrinated with, you know, we're taught basically to rely on a substance Mm -hmm. to numb pain, Mm -hmm. whether it's weed or alcohol or sex or whatever, you know. You're right. Uh, And when something's normalized, it's very hard to see a different way. Mm. Because I think a lot of us are like sheep. Mm-hmm. In some regards, I mean, yep. I see it all the time. Yep. One person says something, yep. particularly if they're a celebrity. Yes, and then everyone just follows what the celebrity does. That's right, and, yeah. that's, and that's how movements are created, and that's why some of these artists have bigger movements than the government. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right, and it, we're threats. Yeah, yeah, we become threats because we've got knowledge and power, and they're just learning off us too. <laughs> Yeah, well, they're taking what you're they're saying. They're literally learning off us, bro. We're on a grid working for them or whatever, and they're like, this is not, that might sound conspiracy. Who cares, bro? Tin foil hetty, but, you know, we're just working for them, you know? And for once, I can say, no, I've created a movement in the cog, in the machine, and I'm the CEO of it, and no one tells me how to run it. Yeah. I can walk it wherever it wants to go. So that's the way to do it. So if that was some advice, guys, create your own platform. Create your own thing, but you've got to do it from a place of passion, potential, and purpose. Hmm. You have to because you're not – it just has to be those three things. I find that's what's got me to be able to do this podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's what's got me to do the show tonight. You know. So let's get on to the hip-hop stuff. So in terms of how, how did you get into actual writing? So um, let's just go back into, so in my kind of teenager days, I was quite highly kind of um, religious with Christianity and right. was exploring that. And um, I had convulsions with demons taken out of me in churches, but I've been through it really through a lot of stuff. Yeah. And um, so I kind of rebelled to that stuff because I was always told if I do this, if I do that, if I do this, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And I just had this big battle with religion, you know, and um so for me, I used to go around parties with my bro and we used to he used to sing gospel and I used to rap gospel. And it was never written. It was all just freestyled. Um, 
And yeah, we just go into parties and rap about God and rap about the light and the Jesus and stuff like that. We would. And this is where it kind of was sparked from. But to actually go right back to where it probably first was sparked when I was nine, I love Michael Jackson. I used to love my Michael Jackson. Oh, nice. I used to have like nine-year-old birthday parties, have Michael Jackson dance-off competitions and things like that. And, you know, he's the king of pop, you know, and so king of hip-hop. I've just taking these things from my past to who I am today. And um, so what was the actual question about the hip-hop? Sorry, bro, just... <laughs> uh, how did you how did you get into it? So how the I fundamentals? Actually, the fundamental of hip hop was I got that first battle rap, hey. So that was where I got that battle, battle rap. rap. Yeah, I battle rap Jar the Jester and lost to him. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's on YouTube. It's just shocking. I was fried off my head. Was, was this was like, this at Red I was, Zone? I was under the um, influence. Was, was, was this at Red Zone? Yeah, I had my first Red Zone battle against Jar the Jester. Lost it and went. Oh, I'm gonna go make music now. Okay, so but, you did one battle and then that was it. Yeah, that was it. Then okay. I wanted bar of it. I okay. thought, whoa, he made me feel belittled. I felt like I didn't want to live anymore. My whole social identity had been stripped. Then I went and did the walk the talk and I fighted Era the Pimp, who was a 120 kg male against little skinny old King Cass. It was just a big laughing show. I lost that fight due to me throwing in the towel because I puffed out, not actually TKO or nothing. So yeah. I've put myself out there and shamed myself to to whatever I am today, those people know and they're like, oh, whoa, they've seen the transformation of what I tried to do at the start. So I went from battle rap to prize fight boxing to just trying to get my name out there to podcasts to um, the Seven Sharp documentary. Then I yeah, had yeah. the dudes come from Australia, filmed me here, went back to Australia and dropped that capacity video. Mm. And now I've got two sponsors in Australia, DGC Clothing and Onnit Clothing. And my sponsor's right here, New Zealand Clothing. Show that to the camera, man. New Zealand Clothing. Shout out to my homie, Charlie Brown. If you don't know, Optimus Grind. Bro, he is a king. So we've actually got a collaboration, Clothing, coming soon. King Cass and New Zealand have collaborated, but I'm also a sponsor of them. So, yeah, I've just been making these connections. Um, the NTP Ministry Ambassador is just bringing so much blessings to me, bro. And it's like, obviously, these have been put for me because I'm working towards these pathways, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm. Do these do these um, sponsors approach you, or do you approach them? Oh, I've approached most of them. Yeah, to yeah, be yeah. honest. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you don't do ask, they, you don't get. Do they know who you are before you approach them? I fully give them the full story. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, okay, the That's whole cool. story, brother. The whole life story, the docos, the links, and they just come to me and say, bro, we just want to get behind you and help you. And, you know, and then we have that conversation and we talk about like, what does it look like to be a sponsor? And then they start sharing my docos and sharing my stories and sharing my, my shows and things like that. And that's real sponsorship when you've got people out there sharing your stuff in there. And this is what this is about. And I know that New Zealand's doing some huge stuff here in New Zealand at the moment. Shout out to the bro again. He's um, got a scheme going at the moment with um, helping other artists where he's putting us on, mm. building us a merch, a logo and pretty much putting it all through his whole production and we don't even do nothing we just sit there so I've been blessed to be given that opportunity you're the man homie New Zealand <laughs> go cop some gears straight up so what's, you, your, what's your writing style like how do you go about writing a song writing style no uh, writing a song oh how do I go about it yeah yeah so do you do you think up the lyrics in your head freestyle them and then write them down or do you write them down first do you write to a beat like what what's what's your method so lately I'll mostly mostly it's hear the beat and come up with the wave find that wave find that frequency find that hum and then turn that into words hmm. find the pattern so I might only be like and then turn those into words oh right so find oh, that's, my pattern. that's similar to how I used to do it and then otherwise I've just got a structure pattern that I just do four bar four bar four bar four bar and they're just all rhyming on each diff- they're just they just they just change those rhyming schemes will just change and that's my pattern and then I might do like a an eight bar and then sing four bars or something like that and I'm trying to step into the melodic trap with the um, auto tune and high singing now and just trying to do something more and trying to yep. just step out of my comfort zone and it's bringing more listeners so try something different in your craft guys because it really does bring listeners yeah yeah well, that's cool and you've done a lot of live shows do yeah, you have like yeah. a one particular show that you'd say is your best your favorite. My favorite show, to tell you the truth, was Masterton Summer Vibes last year, man. It was probably the biggest, packedest, the most um, coolest thing. I got to connect with the PPS production, shout out homies and Masterton. Yeah. Um, yeah, and got to stay with them for a week. And mostly when I go make music and connect with people, I normally stay with them for a few days where I make that connection with the whanau, kanohi te kanohi. I love to break bread with people. I love to sit at a table, break bread, because that's where the conversations happen. That's, yeah. where, that, that's where the whakarungo happens. That's where you listen into the, their conversations and offer what you can offer, bring what you can bring 
to the table. That's what we're put here to do. Is there anyone in particular that you haven't collaborated with that you want to collaborate with? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Name drop. Name drop. Oh, come on, Sid Diamond. I'd love to have you on my album. I mean, I've got Tyree coming on my next album with Dills and a couple of other heavy hitters. But yeah, I'd love to have young Sid on an album. Um, you know, just hearing the change in what he's rapping about. And yeah, just looking at getting some of these heavy hitters. But all day Eminem, brother. <laughs> uh, my well, man. Everyone would say that, though, eh? But no, I'm really inspired by Mercury's grind at the moment. Bro, that guy's like king at the moment. He is smashing it. He's dropping single 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 album he does those remixes and i'm just feeding off his grind so i've just done three back-to-back single drops this month july we did the edge on the third options on the seventh and we got jim carrey coming on the 17th and that's my song paying homage to jim carrey which is quite ironic because i just found out that he's going through depression at the moment so how could we get him to hear that song like yeah have i created the song for that reason and that's what i'm doing i'm tapping in i'm just trying things bro like yeah that's cool man Mm. so what what in regards to christchurch i mean you've been all around the country like, what is it about Christchurch that you love the most compared to everywhere else? Like, do you go and visit other places and, and be like, ah? Oh. I don't want to be bad to my own hometown, but I don't like Christchurch that much. You don't like Christchurch? Oh, because I've found better connections outside of Christchurch. Right, okay. I'm, I'm more welcomed. Um, okay. People meet me and it's like, I'm not saying that they're like, you know, get all like starstruck, but I get this new vibe when I'm outside of my own hometown. And you know exactly what that is, bro. It's because I've got a past. And that's where I'm from. And so they just yeah. think of you as that, that person, same person from way back bro. then. Like, hey, guys, yeah, yeah. I've changed. I think I've shown it now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, bro. I'm just so real, you know? And I mean, that's what it is. I mean, I love Christchurch, and that's my hometown, born and bred. It's the gateway to truth. It's the gateway to change, and it's where I'm going to base from. But, yeah, I believe that when I leave my hometown, I'm welcomed with opening arms. The people that I meet are more caring and welcoming it's just yeah it's it's amazing to see that actually and yeah i'll say that strongly that i get more support outside of my own hometown that's interesting mm. it makes sense though is there any does. is there any um particular cities or towns that you'd like really love um to, so I've, I've really loved taranaki and wellington have been like yeah two, two home away I love, from homes i love so. yeah i love those two places and it's like i'm yet to go i want to go do the napiers i want to go do all the down south stuff and that so i've done invercargill dunedin timaru so yeah let's just keep going let's go i'm obviously meant to travel the nation and then the world or oh, let's go like i'm just yeah i'm born to fly so <laughs> how did you um how did you network with uh dills so how did that happen um yeah, this is actually a good question, bro. Good, good question, eh? It's making me kind of tap back in. Um, I think I just literally seen him, his movement, and seen the music, and tapped into it, and that song Cocoon mm. really related to me. Not that I've, you know, not that I could relate right to that story, but there's words in there that were powerful, and I heard that there was a message in this guy's heart, and that there was some things that we could do together. So I started reaching out and then next minute he was putting me on shows in Wellington and now here in Auckland. And I just want to say big shout outs to you, homie Dills G, like, bro, mad love to you, G. It's actually quite emotional because like, you know, you don't get these chances often, bro. And when people put you on, you know, it's it's quite it's quite privileging and I don't think people understand how much it means to me when they put me on, anyone that's ever put me on, you know, how much that means to me because I didn't think I'd get put on. I didn't think I'd get this chance. I didn't think I'd get heard. And I'm being heard, and it's people like that that make it possible. So, have you have you actually there. had a chance before? I mean, by the time this airs, uh, the gig will have already happened because you're performing. Yeah, tonight, tonight with yeah. Dills. Yeah. Um, but have you met him prior to this? We we met in Wellington. Right. So he got me for that first show in Wellington and we just got had this connection and we went out in the town afterwards, had a good night, got that connection and just stayed in connection. And I was like, you know, I'm going to try and get him on a Christchurch show. And then he just goes, hey, bro, I've got an Auckland show. You keen? And I was just like, yeah, bro. And we'll just make it happen. And um, we've actually got a song coming out on my album as well. And it's about just being able to collab with these heavy hitters. And I call Dills a heavy hitter. And like, you know, we're all just doing our own thing out here. We've got our own movements and being able to collaborate with somebody that's doing something so big in his his movement it's cool because we're doing different things but we can come together collaborate and we can support each other and see each other at the top you know yeah, yeah, yeah. this is the album and this is your current album is yeah it? yeah yeah this is the current album it was um 2019 may the 7th this drop the awakening from dark to light this is pretty much just my testimony yeah this is my first album i don't even perform any of the stuff anymore I'm, I'm, it's all new stuff yeah i'm moving on to all my new stuff because it gets singles. boring doesn't it yeah if you're performing the same they, stuff yeah, yeah yeah and i got the second album coming soon and i've got my ep which is a collab with um c rock beats in australia so nice nice how do you decide what you're going to perform 
how do I decide what I'm going well, to Well, because you've got such a plethora of material. It's quite hard. So I thought, mm, should I perform my daughter's song at this event? Or maybe, and just working out what fits. And like, I've got a couple of message tracks for tonight, but mm. they're bangers. And there's some just, every song of mine will have a message in it. So I'm just taking what people were trending to and hearing to and just putting a message on it. And I just want to be heard. And I want to be clearly heard with that New Zealand accent. And now that I'm tapping into my singing, I'm going to be getting some vocal training. Because I know if I keep tapping into the style, it's just going to bring more people to work with um, more listeners people are like whoa you can sing I want to listen to you now like oh you you know because if you're a rapper you're just going to be a rapper so yeah King yeah. Cass <laughs> would you do you think you'll always do music or do you want to get into more teaching or um, education so type I stuff? think that the music will always be a part of my history and right. so my dad was an android and they had a number 19 in the charts called I want to be in Auckland tonight oh I want to be in Auckland tonight, yeah, yeah. That's how the song went. And they got a number 19 on the charts. No internet, nothing. So they managed to do that. Well, four band members died from drug overdoses. My father's still alive and he still has music and plays music and he does um, tributes to the androids and he's got a few um, local gigs that he does under X-Files and Retro Sonic and stuff. So just living his legacy, but just a different genre. So I think, really, but I reckon I've got another 20 years on the platform, smashing it, going around the world, doing my music, pushing this message, and then just sit back and build for other people and maybe do more presentations, more speaking engagements, more motivational, inspirational, but it's all going to come in package anyway, bro. I mean, I don't have a five or a 10 year plan. Each year I'm going to reset. I know I'm destined for some real big things. So I kind of don't know what that looks like, but I do get visions and I just go towards those visions. And because I think if we put ourselves into a five year or 10 year plan, are we limiting ourselves? You can do. You can do. And creating but, uh, a limitation it, yeah. and a blocker. Well, like well, I, I suppose mm, it can just be future planning. Future planning, or yes. Or thinking. Yeah. What do I want to do later on down the track? Not necessarily saying I want to do this within five years or ten years. And like you, know, you like heard me short before, short term like, and long term yeah, yeah. goals. I just say like, yeah, overall I want to build this retreat in that. So I'll just talk about a vision, a big, a, right. big, a bigger vision that is now. So, yeah, I think yeah, bro. I just like the music is I've found, and if you, anyone's listening, I'm manifesting in my music. So every song I'm listening back to, I'm like, ha, I did that, or whoa, I'm doing that, or I'm going to be doing that, or yeah, I literally just talked to that person, or how oh, whoa, I can find a relation, and so can my listeners. Mm. My listeners will take things from it and go, I can put that to my life. That's, that's music. That's cool, man. Mm. And um, how do you cope, or because you've been in that dark place, and drugs and hip-hop kind of go hand in hand, um, how do you not get tempted when you're around this stuff? Because, you know, I could name like three rappers maybe and all the people that I know in terms of all the rappers I know that have never done any type of drug. Wow. Or not involved in that scene, you know, at all or have never been involved in that scene, I should say. Been there, done that. Yeah. I think that's it. I've been there, I've done it. I've been in nightclubs with heaps of people and partying and having that lifestyle. So when I come to perform at these shows, it's just for my music and it's not about the getting the whole, the big party side of it. But, I, you know, I'll get a few drinks with the team and stuff, of yeah. course, but I've been there, I've done it all, bro. So, so temptation so, will always be there. That but, demon's in the corner right now doing press-ups for the day that I do pick up. He's stronger than ever. And that's what they say, your demons will go away and get more demons and they'll go and build a tribe to try and come back and take you out. And they'll always do that but you just got to acknowledge them acknowledge them and let them just stay there temptation they're a disease they're all things that come over top of us so yeah I, I would get that temptation definitely but it's about going but how do you be like nah because if no, I do just... it I feel I'll lose everything I've got right now right okay and that might not be from my fans falling off me but I believe the universe will punish me if I go backwards then I'm not gonna I'm gonna keep going backwards because then it's gonna show oh you want to go that way now okay We'll carry you on that way. You know what I mean? It's that create. I'm creating my future. I'm creating and perceiving and manifesting my whole new canvas that I painted. You know, that's that. Like you're saying, it's that canvas in front of me. I'm the artist. I'm yeah. designing it. Oh yeah. Mm. How long? How long's been your longest set that you performed? My longest set would have been forty-five minutes. Forty-five it's minutes. Pretty tiring, eh? Yeah. Do yeah. you do a lot of cardio? Nah. See, it's gonna be. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's what's gonna start happening more, eh? But I mean, like most of these. 
big like shows in there. I notice it's kind of like a 10 minute, 20 minute. You get that little slot. Yeah, you like, get a small set. Yeah. Same with Bay Dreams in that, eh? You only might get a 15 minute, maybe five songs and you've got to pick your yeah. bangers to come and showcase, right? Unless so, you're doing your own release party or it's you're right. headlining the show. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And, and normally when you do an hour show, a lot of it's, it's not just packed up music. It's a show. There's, mm. bah, 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 there's lighting, there's yeah, sound yeah. effect, there's a little bit of a hook here and then that hook stops and the crowd's like, huh? And then you get the hook chanting it and then they bring the hook in and then that hook stops and then the verse, like, it's a show. And I mean, that's what I'm getting at at the moment, not for this show tonight, but, you know, I want to build that show. I want to build that show around lights, around smoke machines. I want to build a show. Will you do a nation tour at some point? Oh, absolutely, brother. Just Will you get a band? Hey, would you get a band? Would well, you go with the band? It would be really cool. I, I mean, I don't know what it looks like. I've seen it, and I mean, I want this. I'd love to do that. That'd be really cool. I mean, that would be them tapping in and using instruments to remake my sound. Correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, amazing. Um, Dills would probably know a bit more about it because I think he's doing his, or he, well, he was meant to, and then COVID nineteen hit, obviously. Oh, sick. Was he doing it with a band in that? Well, I don't know if he was doing it with a band, but I know, I know that was the plan. But I think um, everything's just. Um, gone out of whack due to COVID-19 and stuff so mm. yeah yeah but yeah I think that's a good way if you get a band behind you or um or someone hits you up and goes can you open up for me on this tour and next minute you're opening on that tour that sets you up to start your, your own tour the next year or things like that just yeah Dills is putting me on these shows and I've you know I'm up alongside with Dills on these shows so it's giving out that perception to people oh we'll put him on so now I've got promoters that I'm meeting that want to do shows in Christchurch but they're meeting me here in Auckland to talk about it so I'm like, well, let's just keep doing it. Let's keep making moves. So yeah, I'm going to be coming back, hopefully bringing deals to Christchurch and then to Timaru and Dunedin. I want to do that. So yeah, I want to entrepreneur as well, bro, as well be a hip hop artist, nice. as well be as an advocate. I just want to do it all. Put my eggs in that basket and just run with it. I mean, it does get tiring and I have to reground myself and there are crashes, but I just put the crashes out on Facebook and be vulnerable about it. And the support is what fills the cut back up. Make sense? Yeah. So that's how you keep your energy up? Yeah. Do you it's, ever get burnt out though? And you're just like, oh. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. Ever, ever parts where you, ever times where, you, where you're just like, uh, I'm over this? No, but the, uh, should I give up feeling? No, don't give up, dickhead. Like, you know, like that. Oh, okay. The so like the, so, so yeah. the, the, the good and bad. Yeah, yeah. Just that. But, but I'll never give up. Um, yeah. I've come this far to not give up. Yeah. And how old are you? 33. Oh, yeah. So I've got to get my ass into gear, so I'm quite old, but I don't look old. Well, you know? you're not middle-aged yet, bro, so you're good. I'm happy with life at the moment, you know, and yep. um, that's just what it's about. Be happy with life, too, and about, like, words like hope and stuff, hold on, pain ends, and help other people exist. Like, mm. give back to get back. You help someone else, someone's going to help you, and then you might not even see, like, if you help someone, you might be like, oh, I didn't get helped back, but then someone else around you got helped. Look for those things. Look for the karma coming. It's there. Look for those karma, especially that angelic karma from all the good stuff you've done. Yep. It's coming. It's definitely coming. Yeah. Now, I have to ask about your tattoos because you've got so many. How many do you have? Um, 80% covered. So I've pretty much... 80% of your body covered in so tattoos. So I've pretty much just got to finish my ribs, shade out the back and do my butt cheeks and legs, uh, the backs of my legs and stuff. So yeah, I'm pretty much 80% covered. I've got the full helmet done and things like that. So, so as someone who's never gotten a tattoo, why why would you get so many tattoos? Doesn't it hurt? It's a journey, brother. This oh, is, okay. So this has been the journey and I obviously didn't fit in, I don't think. So I just, I actually don't have an answer for why I got the tattoos, but I was inspired probably. I was probably peer pressured. I was probably looking what was building and what was around me, people with tattoos and wanted to be like, and I was idolized and things like that. So I started to do it. And now I'm just like face tattoos now because I'm building this image of a hip hop artist of what they're doing over in America. I want to be here, but I want to be a light worker. So it's kind of like I'm trying to. You're trying to flip it. Yeah, bro, flip the scriptures. It's in my music. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But so the, the the meaning behind each one is different though? Absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll just say one meaning and it's the one on the forehead because it's always the one that they go to. So if you have a pyramid like this and we go to the top of it, you've got about five people that can fit at the top of that pyramid, right? So if I flip that pyramid upside down, then we can all stand on the top together and unite. This is also an eye inside it because it's a third eye for my intuition, my pineal gland and my spiritual side. It's also done with a mandala flower, which is the flower of life and creation. The flowers are done in dot work, which is the dots of creation as we were atoms when we first started. Oh, wow. So I'm walking around with something pretty powerful on my forehead. How the bro. hell did you think of thinking, thinking that up? Well, like, I got the tattoo first and then I put the, put the meaning. metaphor to it. Right, okay. But at okay. the start, I was like, I just want something. I want a third eye. I want a third eye. I'm, I'm woke. I'm woke. That's what it was, bro. I'm woke. I'm woke. I want a third eye. That's what it but was. Did but, you, but did you, um, 
did somebody design that for you? Yeah. Like a lot of these oh. tattoos, are, does someone design them for you? So and then you this get one here was a trust me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up. I said to him, bro, I just want a little wee diamond with a wee eyeball in it. So it's just a little wee cute little one. He's like, bro, trust me, bro. This is going to pop. Then it pops all right. Uh, okay. So you go to this, the... this was a trust me tattoo and I trusted the brother. So. Do you go to the same guy? Um, yeah, well, my bro was doing a lot on my bodysuit, but I've probably got about five to six different tattooists and I'm probably looking for somebody to finish me. So be along that journey. I'll find somebody to shade me out, finish my back up and maybe be able to take some photos and take some credit and things so like that. So are you going to do your entire body? Yeah, yeah full bodysuit. I've really? already got the tops of my feet, everything all up. I just need to do the backs of my thighs, butt cheeks, my ribs. Like I've even got my logo tatted on me, bro. That's how much I believe. Branded for life. You know, like, you know, so you're pretty covered, brother. <laughs> Damn, man. So, yeah, I mean, and I, it's that walking canvas. And again, building that image, um, a delinquent, an outcast. I am that, but I'm in cast now. And yeah. Flipping the scriptures, bro. Yeah, you know? yeah, and yeah. that's what I'm doing. And like, it's crazy. I, I love it. I love what I'm doing. And yeah, I'll take my hat off to show you the helmet. The helmet of salvation, I call yeah. it. Which, okay. Which which part hurts to get done the most? Like which? Oh, like from my head? Yeah, like because I'd imagine the head would hurt. I reckon it was more the back and around the ears. The top was beautiful. I mean, I was just sitting there humming away, like, mm, yeah, yeah. Um, behind the ears, tops of the feet, fingers. They're all little wee tender spots. But, um, you know, I start to think like, you know, was some of this tattooing that I got, was some of this self-inflicted harm? You know, and I think of little things like that too. Was this a way of dealing with some of that pain back then, just going and getting tattooed and just dealing with it? And because I used to sit there for six hours, sometimes have a box of Billy Maverick sitting there smashing it, you know, and the whole time and just six hours later have a whole chest and just be like, whoa, you know. So like what I do sometimes think like was some of that tattoo experience I was doing, well, not self-inflicted harm, but just ways of dealing with some of that pain as well. And But wouldn't, wouldn't looking at some of those tattoos take you back there though? That's what it does, yeah. But would you want to do that though? Wouldn't you want to move past that? Well, that's why it's that written canvas now, right? Eh? I can look back and be like, well, that's where I was. Because this whole sleeve, I wanted to recover and get a whole new design on it to cover it. But now I'm like, nah, why would I want to cover something that's me? Just acknowledge it, let it be and go, well, actually, there's a wee cartoon man there with a on a ghetto box with a microphone. And I believe that I was going to be a clown going through the city rapping one day. Yeah. I'm kind of a clown. <laughs> I'm going through cities rapping. So, boom, a manifestation, eh, without even knowing it. So. Yeah. You know, now that I understand what that is, I can take that to like, so pretty much everything, I've got eight figures tattooed on the side of my ankle because I'm going to try and manifest eight figure business. Like, Do people ever like write you off though because of your tattoos? You know what I mean? I think so. And I don't mm. know that's happening because I'm just like, right here, right now, I've forgotten I'm fully covered in tattoos and people are looking at me all in tattoos and you're standing here like that. And I meet people, I just completely forget. I yeah. walk up to people like, hey, and they're like, I must forget. And they must be like, whoa, this big forehead tattoo looking at me. And Yeah, like say <sighs> say if you met some people from the business world who are in their little business bubble, they mm. probably don't see this much. Mm. And so, that's I'd imagine, so I'd imagine they'd see you and just, you know, because some people think, they think tattoos criminal. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, yep. that's just the way it is. Mm. And um, I was just wondering if you kind of get that vibe from people that they immediately judge you based on your tattoos. Um, yes, but I'm spinning it to tattoos, testimony. Yeah. <laughs> like and that. you can, and you can be, I suppose you can be the one that uh, destroys, not not destroys that stereotype. Yes, yes bro. And like, yeah. well, Kane, you're saying Kane himself, I want to be a president because he's got an image and like things like that. We are going to flip the scripts. We're going to change society and how it looks at things. Because that will change, that will make change. And that's like the butterfly effect. Something has to happen later on in life from that change. Hmm. So that's why we're doing all this stuff. We don't know what it's going to do. We don't know what all this change is going to look like because we're not going to be here to see it. Hmm. But we've got to do it and we've got to trust an instinct and that's wayfinding. So wayfinding back in the day, we used to be in boats floating in the ocean and we seen birds flying over and we'd be like, oh, we could go that way. And we just used to trust that there was going to be land. Yeah. It's called wayfinding. And that's just what I'm doing with my movement. I'm wayfinding and I'm literally, that's why I call it a movement because it's moving and it's literally, I'm literally just finding my way. That's cool, bro. Hmm. Cool, man. So um, I'm going to wrap up there. Where's the best place where everyone can follow you? Best place is all platforms. So Spotify, YouTube, um, what, what Instagram. What do they look for? Just what's, search what's the up name? King Cass. King so Cass? King, C-A-S-S, that's C-A-S-S, King Cass. Um, the only thing different is my Instagram's King Cass NZ, but it wouldn't matter. As soon as you search up King Cass in any platform, I pop up. Yeah, okay. Right. And if you want to get a bit deeper into my story and stuff, hit King Cass 7 Sharp or King Cass Capacity. 
and that'll pop up. Is those. that on just? Is that on YouTube? Um, the Seven Sharp doco. If you were to go into your Facebook search bar and type King Cass Seven Sharp, I'll pop up. If you type King Cass Capacity, I'll pop up. If you go to Google and type King Cass, it all pops up. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm top at Google, so I've got that name and as soon as oh, you yeah, so, yeah. Well, you know what I mean? I've got that go-to algorithm, so I've yeah, created yeah. that name as well. And before I go, I just wanted to share actually what King Cass movement means. Yep. So kings create and save souls is what King Cass means. The way that we acknowledge the woman is by saying that kings need queens too, because sometimes we look at history, but we forget about her story, which is her story too. We talk about his story a lot, but we forget about her story. You know, us males, like you were talking before about that real talk, that talking the real talk stuff, is about us actually embracing that feminine side of us. Actually embracing that side, that humble, that caring side of us. Embrace that side because that's her story, not his story. Dictatorship and power was from history. Do you see what I did there? Yeah. yeah. yeah so I just wanted to say that the King Cass movement is also, to me, it's a big tree and that these are the leaves here. And you know that when leaves fall, the tree still keeps on growing. So yep. from falling, we still grow. The stars are aligned. We're aligned with the stars and the comets, and we're a movement. So King Cass movement. That's cool, bro. All right, and just before we go, uh, King Cass is going to drop a verse that he wrote a couple of days ago. Yeah, a couple of days ago. A couple yeah. of days ago. Yeah. And yeah, so we'll just um, we'll get ready for that. All right. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, King Cass in the building. Let's go. Yeah, just wrote this a couple of days ago. Shout out to NZ Hip Hop. Yeah, yeah, I just jumped off the plane. I'm on the Air New Zealand wave. I'll be sitting in the cockpit looking fly every day. I'll be working every day. Haters lurking on my page. Stay up in your lane, homie. We ain't the same, cause I'ma make it. I choose a different pathway. You see, I'm feeling awakened. Whoa, this is the awakening. Neo in the game, and I'll be breaking out the matrix. Someone call up Elon Musk and tell him to build me a spaceship, cause I'm out of this world. I'm a different sort of Mars. They playing with their diamonds, I'll be playing with my heart. I'll be pulling the strings, and I'll be holding the cards. I'll be spreading my wings and I was chosen from the start See cash rules everything around me but we know It's all about the numbers, I'll be breaking the cheat code This is the takeover, I'll be coming for the repo I'll be swimming so deep, you can't find me like Nemo I'm out, cash Yeah, that is the show everyone Make sure you share, like and subscribe And support the bro King Cash New Zealand, yeah. on a clothing DGC, NEP Ministry Skirt. Sweet, that's the show everyone Peace